everyone. Welcome back to Nutrition Lifestyles with Kim and Joanne. I'm Kim. And I'm Joanne. And today we have a special guest with us by the name of Tony that is going to discuss how we diet like we date. So (laughs) I'm just going to go ahead and turn it on over to you, Tony, because this is an intriguing topic. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to teach people about a new way of looking at nutrition and committing to healthier living in a way that's not super restrictive. Hopefully I say it in a way that helps people find balance in their eating habits and stop the restrictive dieting and going all in to go all out sort of process. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the reason why I share that is because I can relate to it. That's how I was for a very long time. I grew up overweight and insecure. Mm And I constantly was thinking, I need to lose weight. I need to look better. I need to change everything about myself if I want the boys to like me. Like it was just the constant tape that was going on in my head. And I mean, there's a whole long story there. We'll get into it. But the short version is, is that if I truly wanted to find balance in my eating habits and end that restrictive under eating, overeating, excessive exercise, just that vicious cycle, mm-hmm. I really needed to stop looking at how food was going to make me look and instead focus on how food was going to make me feel. Mm-hmm. And so I use that as my guide and what my team of dietitians that I've kind of birthed, <laughs> um, I help them, like we help, that's what we help our clients with is basically just being more intuitive and figuring out what works best for them based off of focusing how they want to feel. And then when it comes to the parallels between dieting, dating, and romantic relationships, I'll give you the short version because I know we're going to go in detail later, but because I had that story in my head that I needed to look a certain way before I could be worthy of love or meeting anyone. Mm. I ended up in really toxic relationships. Mm -hmm. I gave people way too many chances than they ever deserved. And I really stuck to things that clearly weren't working for far too long. And I know a lot of people out there are so desperate to, they want to lose weight that they almost don't care how they get it. They're okay with being starving. Somehow they tell their brain that that's okay, but it doesn't have to be that way. You know, you can have a weight loss goal, but losing Mm -hmm. weight isn't the Mm -hmm. end all be all. Just like getting into a relationship, a healthy relationship, it's going to make you feel good. But ultimately you want to have a relationship with yourself, right? right? And you want to love yourself and care for yourself, regardless of the number on the scale or regardless of your relationship status. So that's kind of where this concept came along, which is going more in detail in my book that's coming out in about a month. So, Okay. I was just going to ask you um, what your background is so people can know what authority you have because, you know, people be like, Oh, yes. I'm a registered dietitian. (laughs) I know. I forgot. So I'm a registered dietitian. um, So I went to school to become a registered dietitian because I really needed to figure out like, how was I going (laughs) to like (laughs) lose this weight and get healthy? And I did it for very selfish reasons, but I found that the answers were really a lot more complicated than that. Mm -hmm. And becoming a registered dietitian really helped me kind of see that there's really not one way. There's many ways to be successful and to be healthy and you just need to define yours. So I became a registered dietitian almost eight years ago. I started my private practice about three years ago. And ever since then, I've been coaching people really just find peace, make peace with food and stop the extremes. Gotcha. Right. I love that. I also love the point that you brought out that, you know, whoever wants to reach their goals, there's nothing wrong with that. But just to know that food is not the end all be all. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's Mm -hmm. important. You know, I'm finding that a lot of people during the time of this recording were still battling a pandemic and Mm -hmm. I'm finding a lot of people coming to me and saying because of lockdown you know I've gained weight which is okay 
But then my cholesterol levels are high. My triglyceride levels are high. My A1C went up. So, you know, I think that that's important to look at the whole entire person. You know, what is your goal? But at the end of the day, you know, food is not the end all. How do you feel in your body? What are your labs showing? Are you getting joyful movement? Are you getting adequate rest? Are you managing your stress? So I really appreciate that you, you brought that out, Tony. I do. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> there's 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 physical health and then there's mental health. And our job as registered dietitians is to help people find the health in both of those things. And you can't, if you're mentally unwell, you can't right. be physically well. I don't believe that you're physically, and if you're physically well, like if your diet's stressing you out and it's affecting your mental health, then right. that's not the healthiest diet for you, right? Versus like, if you, right. you could be like super happy and all good within, but yet your blood sugars are elevated, your triglycerides right. are higher, cholesterol is all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like clearly mm-hmm. that there's a physical <laughs> shift that needs right. to be taken care of too, right? So right. I think so many people want to be on like one way or the other, but real true be. health is is the combination of the both right. of those things. Wellness is not defined physically only. It's wellness is mental, it's physical, it's emotional, it's all of that. Spiritual. I remember being in grad school, one of my professors, I don't remember what class it was, and they asked, do you find, do you think like you're healthy? And I'm like, yeah, I'm healthy. Let's talk about <laughs> And then I can't remember who, if it was a, who the professor was. And they were like, so you're not stressed out. Like you don't have any stressors. They were asking the class as a whole. And my mm. hands slowly started coming down. Cause I'm like, so what do you mean? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wellness. And that's when I started putting the two together. Okay. Wellness is a whole picture. It's not just one aspect. Yeah. Absolutely. And you could be eating quote unquote healthy food and doing, Mm -hmm. you know, healthy, you know, could be exercising, which you can consider healthy. But if your mindset behind it is feeling guilt or shame for what you're eating, Mm -hmm. or you feel guilty for not working out, or you feel like your workout only counts if you're sweating like a crazy person, like that's not healthy either. There's some things to be said that there's some healing that needs to be done there. Right. So let's jump into the dating aspect of this. So When you say we date like we diet, explain that to us in detail. And also the we, is that all genders? Because, you know, we all often think like women, we're the dieters. We're the ones that are focused on how our body looks and what we eat to get a certain body type. Explain all that to us. So, okay, great point. And it's definitely for all genders. With Mm -hmm. the design of my book, I really talk about like my personal experience. So it probably will speak to a lot of women just in the way that I write. But, you know, women are just more vocal about it. And also we've been targeted more for to Mm -hmm. look to feel like we need to look a certain way. But all this to say, definitely both genders definitely can fall into the trap of dieting like they date meaning. So the way I describe it is you either can you usually fall into one of two categories. So you can be a planter where you stick to something for way too long when clearly it's not working, but you just like so badly want it to work. So you stay in circumstances that mm-hmm. really just are like not for you. So like I definitely did that in relationships, long-term relationships, probably like the red flags were there Mm -hmm. from the jump, but I just, you know, (laughs) dodged it and then dodged it again. Um, And I was just like, you're like so hopeful that it could be like almost like painfully bad for you. Mm -hmm. Um, That's Mm -hmm. a planter. Right. And so someone in dieting might ignore their hunger and just be like, oh, that's normal. I'm supposed to be starving all the time. And they kind of like white knuckle Mm -hmm. it, you know, Mm -hmm. they cut everything out and somehow their brain's like, oh, this is fine. This is the way it's supposed to be. Like, it'll get better. It'll Mm -hmm. get better. Or, and so they kind of think that 
just doing it longer is going to make it better. So that's the planter. Then the bouncer is the person that bounces when things get a little bit hard, right? Like, so at the same time, it's like your nutrition plan, you know, whatever you're doing to change your health, it shouldn't be like a hard, really, really hard thing. At the same time, like there is going to be some sort of effort that needs to be put in for Mm -hmm. you to kind of elicit behavior change. Right. So with the bouncer, it's like, like they kind of like try something and then they, they're like, Oh, it's either getting a little bit too comfortable. Like they pass, like in dating, you like pass the honeymoon phase and that's where like actual relationships happen. So it's like now the real work is at play. Right. But then maybe they, you know, bounce and they go to, they, maybe they end that relationship or they stop doing what they were doing, but really maybe if they would have just worked it out, it probably would have been great, but there is some sort of effort required. So that's kind of how I relate the dieting and dating. And that's just one way, but believe it or not, when I started thinking about this concept, because I healed my relationship with food relatively earlier on, I would say, versus like the relationship thing. I just kind of figured it out. (laughs) You know, like, it's like, I really did, you know, I, I say this in my Ted talk, I dated five versions of the same guy, just with a different name and a different face. Wow! And it's like, literally what everybody does with diets. It's like, how, how different is that is like keto from Atkins, right? Like how different is Mm -hmm, Weight Watchers mm -hmm. from Noom? Like how different is like this from that? Like they have some differences, but really they're all the same. They're all Mm -hmm. either extreme restriction or telling you what to do without teaching you how to do it. They're not individualized to you. They're just very broad general. And they kind of just like always make you feel like you're failing. Whereas like Mm -hmm. a good partnership or a good nutrition plan, it's going to make you feel good. It's going to make you feel energized. It's going to make you feel like, Mm -hmm. okay, yeah, it's a little bit hard. And like, there's a little bit of you know, roadblocks, but I can get through this and I know that I will, or we will. Nice. I like that. Mm -hmm. So is the bouncer more like the yo-yo dieter? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah. (laughs) That was my question. Serial dater. Yeah. So they're they're either your friend that's like always dating somebody new, like they always have like flavor of the week, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, (laughs) you know, or like they've done all the things like, (laughs) You know, today they're doing intermittent fasting. Tomorrow they're doing a juice cleanse. The next month you talk to them, they've created something on their own. (laughs) You know, so yeah, they're the typical yo-yo dieter, which I mean, a planter can be a yo-yo dieter, but they're going to stick to something way longer. So it's like they only yo-yo diet maybe once a year or so versus a bouncer might have like three or four diets in a year. Mm. Hmm. So, you know, I'm listening to you. And I'm hearing you mention the keto, intermittent fasting, Weight Watchers, Noom, so forth and so on. So in your practice, what are some of the most popular diet breakups you've seen or the most Mm. frequent? I would say most people come to us after have done doing all of the things, but I think, you know what the sad one is, because here's what I'm going to, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent slash rant, but you know, <laughs> uh-huh. a lot of the programs that they have done, it's almost like, I almost want to be like, well, yeah, duh, it wasn't going to work because like the red flags were everywhere. Right. right? <laughs> but then, but then there comes Noom. Okay. There comes Noom. I don't know what your yeah. thoughts are on Noom, but their marketing is, oh my God, they should get a gold medal. They should get a gold medal for marketing about talking how they elicit behavior change and they help people with emotional eating. I'm like, basically they're saying all the things that I say, my colleagues who I know are good RDs, like what you guys would say, like they're Mm -hmm. saying all the right things, but then when you open it and you get inside, it's basically Uh like, these are the red foods. These are yellow foods. These are green foods. They're on put a lot of people I've been told they were put on like 1200 calorie diets, which is not for anyone unless you're here, you know, so 
I think at the end of the day, they're breaking up with plans. Instead, they're working with us to figure out what works best for them. Right. But they're breaking up with plans and like they may have done, you know, Weight Watchers a bazillion times and they've lost the weight, gained it back, lost weight, gained back. They lose the weight when they're on it, Mm -hmm. but then when they're not on it, they don't know how to eat. And so that's pretty much the common theme is that, you know, ultimately we're humans. We need to eat to live. We need to learn how to fuel our bodies. And it's not about being on a plan or on a program. It's just learning how to navigate life. Just like we learn to like brush our teeth and go to sleep and go to work and all those things like eating Mm -hmm. should be that simple. Right. Right. I love that. They have dietitians that work with them from what I understand. I know, but you know what I'm learning too? Like there's also bias and this is where I love RDs so much. And it's so hard for me to say, because we know we're, we're going against, there's so much BS out there by people Mm -hmm. who are non-credentialed. But actually something just came up recently where I've been talking about more and more about how, you know, working with a registered dietitian is very helpful and we can definitely heal your relationship with food and we can help with your body image issues. But ultimately a therapist is really what you need to be going to to heal your, your relationship with your body if it's regarding to like body image issues. And I've recently been getting a lot of pushback about like, I've gone, I didn't feel like it was beneficial. They weren't like a good fit. Like, so that's where it's to say, like, I will still always talk about going to see a registered dietitian and going to see a therapist and like screaming from the rooftops of the benefits from it Mm -hmm. at the same time. Like not every single, there's always going to be like bad eggs. Like there's Mm -hmm. always going to be like people Mm -hmm. that maybe Mm -hmm. are a little bit either biased or their mindset is skewed, or maybe they just don't know any better, Mm -hmm. you know? But unfortunately I think like they are probably thinking they're helping people. And that's the other thing too. I will say that you'll also learn when you read my book that I'm not like against diets 100%. Mm -hmm. I think everything has value if Mm -hmm. you use it properly and correctly. So if you know that tracking your food or tracking your calories is a tool and you might be using, you know, maybe Weight Watchers or Noom helps you to become more mindful. I think that's a very powerful thing. At the same time, that we can't have the assumption that this is going to be the thing that you need to stick to for life to be successful. Mm-hmm. More so it's just like, okay, this is the tool. This is what I learned. How can I take this into my life right. and move on rather than feeling like you have to be on a diet or have to be following something in order to be making progress or doing well. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Totally. I'm in total totally. agreement. I personally think I like the fact that you said, you know, working with a registered dietitian and also a mental health therapist simultaneously, because a lot of Mm -hmm. the times I've just noticed in my personal practice, my most successful clients Mm -hmm. are those who have a mental health counselor or mental Mm -hmm. health therapist. Because I mean, people get fixated on food. They do. Mm -hmm. Even Mm -hmm. though you tell them like, Hey, you know, go ahead and, you know, eat your fruits, your vegetables. It's okay if you want a slice of cake, so forth and so on. Like everything doesn't have to taste like cardboard and sadness. <laughs> and I'm not taking away your cultural foods or the foods that you enjoy. There's still such a fixation on food that they ask me the same questions over and over and, and over and over again. And right. it's a huge difference when they're working with someone that can help them in their cognitive process, their way of approaching food and thinking about it. Because I mean, I look back on the education that I received as a registered dietitian, I say to myself, wow, we needed a lot more mental health counseling for you. Yeah, you know, we're only looking at people from one perspective, which is the nutrition side. But what Mm -hmm. about the mental, you know, as we brought up earlier? So I'm glad that you're hitting on that point again, Tony. I love it. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, it's so important. It really is. I, mental health is something I've always been, has really always been close to my heart. I've unfortunately have watched family members struggle with their mental health. I lost the best, my best friend to suicide when mm. I was 23. Oh, I'm sorry um, to and hear it that. really think oh, no. it's just, it was like an eye opener, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I think Mm -hmm. that we don't realize because people don't want to someone who's truly suffering. I mean, and this is where I don't want there's I don't want to create more stigma because if someone's crying out for help, they want help and they need help. But then there's the part of like those who are really, really suffering. They might not call for help and you don't know what someone's going through. And so I say that to say that we have to be mindful that your mental health really does matter. Mm. And ultimately, too, if you are happier and you are feeling more confident and just better in general, chances are you're going to make choices that align mm-hmm. with, you know, making, you know, healthier choices for your physical body as well. Right. You know, like emotional eating is like huge where it's where, you know, I'm sure you probably have had experience with your clients. Like you can teach someone everything about nutrition, but if they're in a bad mood or they're stressed out or they have a fight with their spouse, like it doesn't matter what they know that's going right. out the window. Right. So that's where a mental health right. professional can be super helpful with like coping strategies. You know, dietitians, absolutely. We help with helping people manage emotional eating, but it's going to be a lot easier if you kind of work through all your demons or you work through the stress in your environment and your home or learning how to set boundaries or respond to loved ones or learning how to say no. I mean, I work with a lot of people pleasers, you know, those are things that are only going to help you, you know, be more successful in your nutrition plan. Yeah. I mean, you know, as dietitians, I definitely agree with Kim that we did not get enough training in the mental health aspect. We only needed enough so we can understand or realize when we need to recommend someone to go see a therapist. Taking it all on is not something that I would have ever wanted to do because that's a whole different beast in itself. We're already doing one part. That's a lot. And to add that note, in my practice, so I work with digestive health and Most of the time, my clients are coming to me because, you know, they're having digestive issues. They're not necessarily that they know of having any kind of emotional or mental health issues until we get into it. And sometimes it'll be some trauma that occurred that triggered stress, triggered Mm -hmm. digestive problems. And then that's when I'm like, this is still ongoing and I can't do my job. I can tell you and make recommendations, interventions in place and all that stuff. But they're not going to be sustainable unless we get that mental health aspect resolved or worked on. So, yeah, I'm in total agreement with you guys on that. Mental health is definitely important. So let's continue on with the dating while you're dieting. So, like, what have you seen in your practice with people self-sabotaging themselves when it comes Mm. to their diet. How often do you see that happening? How much time do we have? <laughs> I have so many examples. Okay. So first let's just talk about before you even go on the date. Like I love people like self-sabotage the fact that they might even meet someone because they feel like they're not in the body that they want to be at. They're not at their goal weight yet per se. So they won't even go on the date. They won't even mm-hmm. put themselves out there. They won't even swipe right to someone that they think might like them back because they're free of rejection. <laughs> like literally like that's like the beginning to it. Right. Then let's say they actually decide to finally go on the date. 
they might do things. Well, this is more before working with, with me. And I'm sure you probably have similar experiences, like before they might like not eat all day because Mm -hmm. they want to like save their calories for their dinner, or they might like eat a lot. So they're not hungry so that they can just be okay with just getting a salad. Like they want to look a certain way or whatever it is. (laughs) They don't want to look like they eat. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is crazy because we're human, but also there's, you know, there's a lot, we can go on many tangents with that one Uh because yeah, fat phobia is just a real Mm -hmm. thing. So Mm -hmm. it depends on their size. They might actually look cute eating a burger versus if they were, you know, in a bigger body, the person potentially could judge them. But to say all that also to say that if you are dating someone and they're judging you based off your appearance, that's not someone that you want to be with because your body is, I don't like that saying their body's the least interesting thing about you because I think bodies are pretty fascinating, Mm -hmm. but what I mean, but like your body really isn't what's going to make somebody fall in love with you. You know, who you are as a person is what's going to make somebody fall in love with you. So if this person right off the bat is already judging you for your size, like that's a red flag, an absolute red flag. But in regards to, let's say you're like dating and you're actually in a happy, healthy relationship. And now you tend to maybe go out to eat more, or maybe you are ordering more takeout, you're Netflix and chill. And now you're like eating bags of whatever. And, you know, so that where I hear often, it's like, well, if my, if my partner, you know, didn't eat like that, it'd be so easy for me. Right. Mm -hmm. Like kind of like putting the blame Mm -hmm. on the socialization factor or just like the other person's the one who always wants to get ice cream and all of those things. And I think it really comes down to like knowing that it's okay to have ice cream unless you like, unless there's allergies or intolerances or whatnot, but it's okay to have ice cream. It's okay to have chips. It's okay to have all those things. But ultimately if we're going back to focusing on how we want to feel like that doesn't mean you need to have the whole bag. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't mean that you need right, to have, right. you know, the, the Sunday with all the things and like all the fixing, but just if you wanted to, that's okay too. But knowing that depending on what your goals are and how you want to feel, if you do that every single time and you put the blame on your partner, mm-hmm. you're not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. So ultimately you have to take 100% responsibility for what it is that you're doing, get really clear on who you want to be and where you want to go and allow that to lead you. And just to remember that the more you love your decisions, the less you need others to love them. So they might be disappointed if you say, you know what? I actually don't want to go for ice cream tonight. Is that okay? You know, Mm -hmm. not even, is that okay? You don't even need to ask permission, but like, you know, I'm actually not into that. Like, how about we go for a a walk instead? You know, there's other things that you can do other than food to bring you close to your partner. And if it's becoming a pattern and a habit, I think that goes to show that maybe that's something you can talk about with your partner, right? If that's your go-to, I think you need to come up with more go-tos to spend time together other than food. Mm-hmm. So although it can bring people together, it just can't be your only thing. Does that make sense? Definitely. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Hold on, hold on now, Tony. What <laughs> so happened? The reason why I say uh-oh is because you said something quite critical, which I think in the dietitian community, And it's a conversation that Joanne and I always have. We always have this conversation. You said you need to take responsibility for your actions. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you can definitely have, you know, ice cream sundae, but, you know, you're not going to sit there and eat like the whole tub of ice cream. Like, how is that going to make you feel? Is it going to allow you to reach your goals? I'm seeing a lot Mm -hmm. in the dietitian community. Joanne knows exactly what I'm going to (laughs) say. Don't you, Joanne? (laughs) That you, you can just, have the cake, the pie, the cookie for breakfast, lunch, and dinner if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm hearing you say you got to take responsibility, which I right. absolutely love. How do you balance that? How do you balance that social 
marketing that social message of, yeah, there's food freedom, but you still got to take responsibility if you want to get X results, whether that's your triglycerides are high mm-hmm. or whether that's you want to feel good in your body. How do you right. balance that? Yeah. Well, I think that's a really great point. And yeah, that's where it comes down to like, if you're being truly honest with yourself, when I say responsibility, I mean, like just Mm -hmm. being really honest with yourself. Like if you did allow yourself to have like ice cream and like the whole thing, right. The big shebang, like ice cream, the chips, all that Mm -hmm. every Mm -hmm. single night, you're probably not going to feel very well. And you're probably not going to get the results that Mm -hmm. you want. And you're Mm -hmm. probably eventually will get the elevated triglycerides or high cholesterol or, or diabetes or whatnot. So what I always teach people is that that's really more of an emotional component, right? Mm, We're not craving that food because we want to like get healthy and fit, right? Like that's clearly like an emotional component. So I always tell people, let's focus on satisfying your physical hunger first, making Mm -hmm, sure that you're mm -hmm. eating nutrient dense foods. I'm sure you teach the plate method, like using the plate method with at Mm -hmm. least one of your meals, um, having protein at every meal, like really most of the time you want it. Cause if you really want to feel good, you're going to want to eat foods that align with your biology and align with your schedule and your hunger. And if you're really honoring that most of the time, then when it comes down to those social situations or those emotional situations, we can clearly say that, okay, you're fully fed. This is more emotional. And you're probably not going to have as much Mm -hmm. cravings, but if you did, it's going to be a lot easier for you to navigate it without going overboard Mm -hmm. because you know that you can have it, but you also know that like eating a lot of it doesn't make you feel good, nor is it going to lead you to the results that you want. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of just like, I think when it comes down to health, it's, we are what we repeatedly do and it's what you do most often. That's what people need to start recognizing more and more, whether you're going one way or the other way. Right. I mean, that's what habits are. When you do something often enough, it becomes a habit. So, and you know what? I think on social media, the messaging is not complete. And what the followers are seeing is they're seeing part of the message. I don't know what a lot of these dietitians are saying when they meet with clients one-on-one, but I would assume they're giving the complete message. So those who don't, sign on or don't work with that dietitian one-on-one, they don't get the complete messaging and they tend to say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay, well, I get these, these messages all the time. The few times that I do talk about dieting in regards to like the messages that are out there in regards to food freedom. So I do get messaging out there from my followers who are like, thank you for saying this because I know I don't have the control. And this is where the um, responsibility is on them to learn you know, get that behavior changed, get mental help so they can change their behavior right. and find out what's stopping them from changing their behavior. That is on, on them on that aspect. So so they acknowledge that they don't have the control and they know if they start eating chips, they're going to finish the bag because they don't have that control. Right. But then right. when they see the messaging that it's okay to have the chips, even if in their mind they're like, well, I've, I don't know if that's right. I don't think that's going to help me reach the goals that I have in my mind and I may not feel great, but then she's the expert or he's the expert and they're telling me to do this. And that incomplete message, I think is the biggest problem we're having. Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm. And also I wrote this post 
that saying everything in moderation doesn't always work because mm-hmm. nobody ever defines what moderation means right. to them. And what right. ends up happening is they kind of use it as a crutch. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, today I'm following like intuitive eating dietitian. Mm-hmm. I can have whatever I want. And then tomorrow I'm following like this dietitian <laughs> where it's like, oh, I got to eat clean. You know, so it's like in our minds are, will just like tell us what we want to hear just right. to like back up our, right. our decision that we know we're making it in the moment, which is why it really comes down to like defining what your values are, defining what's important to you, defining how you want to feel, what your blood sugars want to look like. I mean, there's some things we can control. We can try our best, but all that to say, like when you get clear on that stuff, then the decisions can be easily more easily made for you. And I think also too, the point is, is that you're right. Like sometimes the messages aren't complete, mm-hmm. which I mean, if they can, and I know that not everybody can, but if you can find a way to work with somebody one-on-one, I think it's always going to be beneficial for you, especially if it's the right fit. And this is not all food freedom or anti-diet dietitians. There are some great ones out there who do complete their messaging throughout yeah. you know, mm-hmm. the posts that they do. It's not all yeah. of them at all. I, I will make sure I say that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, but that's what it was like we were saying earlier. Like, that's where it's like, okay, as long as you're the person you're looking to work with has RG next to their name, then they definitely have like at least five years of real nutrition science background behind them. So, like, that part is like a check. Then, after that, you have to go based off of like, all right, what's their messaging? Does it align with me? Does it feel like, is this something I can get behind? Like, is this something I like? And then, like, also, do I vibe with them? Right. Like you have to like the person, the person that you're working with has to motivate you, has to, you have to be excited about it. You know, this, Mm -hmm. the person, Mm -hmm. the RD could be like the best RD out there, but if you don't like gel with them, it's just not going to work. And that's okay too. To piggyback off what you, what you just said in regards to the moderation thing, I think people, they need to relearn and some are already there. They're relearning the aspect of health. There's no cookie cutter box that we all fit in mm-hmm. right. health is specific to the person moderation is specific to the person how you eat and the next person sitting next to you is eating the same way how it affects them how it reacts to their body can be completely different so mm-hmm. you know it's all specific to you the person absolutely right. yeah and i think back to our genetics genetics definitely has a large bearing upon that too definitely mm-hmm. so with that being said Tony, our last question for you is, you know, we're speaking about, you know, moderation. We're speaking about honoring your hunger and different things of that nature. So how can people form a solid, non-judgmental relationship with food? Like, how do you teach people to do that in Mm. your practice? Takes a lot of time. Not going to lie. It's not easy. You've been like bombarded with messages your whole life. Like this is bad for you. Like Mm -hmm. sugar is the devil. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. really like it's really hard. So, I mean, the first thing you really need to understand is that. So when we say there's no good or bad foods, what we mean is, is that Mm -hmm. if you eat a cookie, it doesn't make you a bad person. Mm -hmm. We know that broccoli is more nutritious than a cookie, right? right? But you're not good or bad for eating one or the other, Mm -hmm. right? Right. So what I really try to get people to explain, and I know it sounds kind of repetitive, but I, I really think it will help people. Like 
if you really focus on how food's going to make you feel instead of on how it's going to make you look, I mm-hmm. promise you, you'll feel better in general. You'll find balance in your eating mm-hmm. habits. You'll have that solid foundation and then you can go do whatever you want after that. Mm-hmm. But really like, if you know that, you know, every day you end up overeating because you didn't eat all day, listen mm-hmm. to that. Right. If you know that like your breakfast, maybe you do eat breakfast, but like you're hungry an hour later, maybe there's not enough protein there. Maybe there's mm-hmm. not about enough fiber mm-hmm. there. You know, maybe you have a headache all day and it's because you're not drinking enough water. Like, Mm -hmm. listen to that. I think the more people start to focus on the small little things and like Mm -hmm. just work at it day in and day out, the closer they're going to be. And believe it or not, the faster they're going to be to their goal rather than trying to go to do these extremes. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to the mindset, it really comes down to just working on progress, not perfection. Like, Mm -hmm. and knowing that there really aren't like good, quote unquote, good or bad foods. There Mm -hmm. are foods that are going to provide a little bit more nutritious value to you. Mm -hmm. There are foods that are going to help sustain your energy longer. There are foods that are going to help with your recovery from your workouts. Right. So it's like, Mm -hmm. if you kind of factor in all of those things, then you focus on, you know, how do I just feel the best version of of me? And most of the time you're going to find, you're going to eat more nutrient dense options. And then when the occasional craving comes up, because like I said earlier, if you're really taking care of your needs physically and also emotionally, which is a big component to it, then mm-hmm. those cravings that somebody might have is going to have happen so much less, right? like so much less. And then when you're not starving or not super stressed, it's a lot easier to be like, you know what? I'm going to have five cookies, if five or two or three, or you're probably rarely going to have like the whole box of cookies or the whole, you know, all the things like you're, you're going to learn more and more that that just doesn't feel good. It doesn't serve you. And, and you'll learn to be compassionate with yourself when that does happen and know that it's a process and you just keep working on it day in and day out. And then eventually you'll find like, you'll be like, wow, I haven't ate past fullness in like a few months, like, or, or I did, but like, I didn't like eat to the point where I was sick. Like I used to eat to the point where I was sick and I wasn't it wasn't like I struggled with emotional eating so much. Mm -hmm. I did a little bit, but more so like I'm Italian and Greek. It was just Uh, the norm. It was just like everyone in the family did it. I saw everybody do it. I just thought that was normal. Like, unless you were like to the point of unbuckle your pants full, like you weren't satisfied. That was my interpretation of what satisfaction was. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just important to like redefine what that means to you. And that's where that getting to know yourself and loving yourself aspect of dating, right? When we say you need to love Mm -hmm. yourself, know Mm -hmm. yourself before you have a successful relationship. That's what the same thing, but the dieting aspect is what I'm getting here from what you're saying is, you know, you need to get to know yourself, love yourself. And then as you're doing that, you're going to learn what works for you and what doesn't work Mm -hmm. for you. Yeah, definitely. You're going to know the foods that you like versus like, you're going to know like the things that you like to do in relationships. Like it's Mm -hmm. all about learning and exploring. And I think so many people just want to have it figured out already, right? They mm-hmm. want their fairy tale ending. They want to just like have lost the weight. Like they don't want to do the hard stuff. And like, realistically, we know that anything that's worth it in life takes time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it does require that like trial and error sort of experience, you know? And I think if people use that in, you know, rather than getting all their hopes up on going on a date and hoping like, this is the one versus mm-hmm. like, you know, they Google a diet and they're like, okay, this is the last, this is the <laughs> one. Like they like put so much belief into like, this is it. But like, just like let go of that expectation and instead just focus on like, okay, like how, what am I going to learn from this? You know, or what lessons did I learn from this? Right. And 
So in my TED talk, I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. I give three questions that I think you need to ask yourself in order to be successful. The first one is, will this last past the honeymoon phase? Mm. And I think that's super important because listen, there's nothing wrong with a little fling, right? If you really just want to have a fling, that's fine. But then know it's a fling. Know that like <laughs> that it's not supposed to like give you long-term sustainable results, right? No, it's a fling, right? The second thing is, do I even like this? And that goes back to that planter where they'll like, that was me. Like I would stuck to so many things for so long and I hated everything, but I thought I was doing good things. Right. And then lastly, what lessons did I learn from this? Right. And so that way you can take what you learned into your next relationship or into your next kind of experiment with your body to kind of decide like, is this the right path to go? Or am I just repeating old patterns and behaviors? Gotcha. So before we end, tell us the title of your book and when it's coming out, where people can find it. Yeah. So it's called Once Upon a Diet. And it should be out. I'm hoping I'm getting the the like little trial book. I don't know what you call it. I guess like the the first hard copy that I get to look at to make sure there's no errors before I like right. actually say like go buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, that's this week. So um aiming for September 28th as a launch date. We will see if, if that actually happens. But all let's say, like by September, October. It will be out. You can get it on Amazon. You can follow me on Instagram at tips underscore with underscore Tony with an I. And I also have the TEDx talk. It's called Once Upon a Diet, which is like a sneak peek preview to what the book is going to be about. Okay, gotcha. Nice. I wanted to make sure we got that out there. That sounds like it's going to be an interesting book. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tony, thank you for being here. Thank you for giving us and showing us and teaching us the connection between how we are dating like we diet or dieting like we, we date. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of parallels. <laughs> there's a lot of parallels. Thank you for having me. This is no great. No problem. So if people want to reach you on social media, where's the best place they can find you? Probably Instagram. Instagram That's is where, the best place? Yeah. Okay. yeah, tips with Tony. Tony with an I. All right, gotcha. Well, everyone, please make sure that you share this episode because it was quite interesting mm -hmm. pass it on to your girl guy friends all of them and um <laughs> make sure you like and rate us and we'll talk to you guys next time all right bye guys bye everyone bye.